Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. So we're starting a series today, Life at the Core. And over the next couple weeks, we're going to deal with core values. We're going to talk about uh, different things within our church, but also how do you as a family operate when it comes to values? How do you, how do you as an individual, what kind of values do you have? And I got some apples because on the inside of every apple, there is a core. Look at that. So I had several people ask me what's wrong with you this morning, walking around with a bowl of apples. It's simply because we're starting a new series today. And so life at the core. And so when you think about the core of an apple, I think about the center. I think about the middle, but also I think that's where the seeds are held. The seeds are held in the core level, and what happens is if you don't have a core, you don't have seeds, and you don't have an, an ability to reproduce. And so the, the inside of this apple is very important inside the core, and the core is this. It's the central part. It is the innermost part, or it is the essential part of anything, the middle and when it comes to our life, when it comes to living for God, when it comes to learning to live life at the core, what we're learning to do is learning to live from the inside out. Not learning just to live by circumstances and situations. Not just things that are around us. And we, and we move and we make decisions based on everything that's happening around us. No, we're learning to live by a value system that comes out of the inside of us. And, and the first value or the first core value that I want to share with you this morning is this. As a church or as an individual, the first one is we are faith-filled, big thinking. Everybody say faith-filled. Say it like you're faith-filled. Say faith-filled. We are faith-filled. And Jesus talks a lot about faith. He talks about how you come into the kingdom of God is through faith. You can't have a relationship with Christ without Faith. You can't walk in this world without an element of faith. Now, we all have a natural faith. When you came in this morning, nobody went through, now maybe you did, <coughs> excuse me, maybe you did, but when you came in and you sat in your chair, these chairs have been seven, these bad boys, seven years old, these got some stability. And uh, when you sit in that chair, nobody picked the chair up and checked the legs you know, you checked all the bolts and the screws, make sure that when you sat down, it was going to hold you, right? That's a natural type of faith. When you go out to start your car in the morning, hopefully you don't have to think three times about it. You just go in, you put the key in, you start the car. Why? Because you have faith that it's going to start. You have faith in the engine and everything else that's going on underneath the hood that you can't see, that when you turn that ignition, it's going to start. We have a natural faith. But we also have a supernatural faith. And so my question to you to the, this morning is how big is your faith? See, if we're going to be faith-filled, big-thinking group of people, and you're going to be a faith-filled, big-thinking individual, how big is your faith? And I, as I was studying God's Word, there's two places where Jesus was amazed in the Bible. There's two of them. And the first one is found in Mark chapter 6, verse number 5. And you have worship God, you have notes. Um, and Mark chapter 6, verse number 5 says this, he could, do not, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Listen, verse 6, he was amazed at their lack of faith. 
So in one instance, Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. There's two different accounts that makes Jesus amazed. One was the lack of faith. Then number two was in Luke chapter 7, verse number 9. It says, when Jesus heard this, talking about the centurion, he said, he was amazed at him and turning to the crowd following, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. So there's a, there's a lack of faith that amazes God, and there's a great faith that amazes God. And, and God can't do much in the realm of the lack of faith. He said he could do a few miracles. But in the realm of great faith, God can take impossible situations and make them possible in a realm of great faith. God can take that faith-filled person that's filled with him, that's filled with faith, and faith is this. It's simply a firm foundation and a firm persuasion that what God said he would do, he would do. And you believe it regardless of what the winds and the waves are showing you. Regardless of the situation that you're in, you are faith-filled. And so as we launch into a new year this year, and Jesus takes a look at your faith level. And he was able to examine your faith level, the things that you want to attempt for his glory this year, the things that you want to do, the things that you are believing for, question, would, be he, would he be amazed at your great faith or would he be amazed at your lack of faith? See, we come into a year and we don't even think along the lines of thinking bigger. We, don't, we come into a year just to get through the year. And we come into a new year and we're like, hey, happy new year. And we kiss the one we love and we just keep going year after year after year. But we never put ourselves into a position as we launch into a year saying, what am I believing for? What, what do I want to see God do at a whole nother level? Let me ask you a question. Last year, 2018, what faith steps did you take? Was it so bold? Did you take faith steps last year that was so big that if God didn't come through for you, there was no way it was going to happen? Or did you just live life at the lowest level possible just to get through? Can I tell you, that's not God's plan for your life. God's plan is that you would be faith-filled. Maybe your prayer last year, let me ask you a question about your prayer life last year. What if God answered every prayer you prayed immediately? Let's just say last year, every prayer you prayed that God, he just went, bam, there it is, answer. What would be different in the world? What would be different in the world because of your prayer? Because of your prayers or would nothing change? How big were your prayers for last year? Some of you, your level of prayer is simply blessing your food. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for the fried chicken, green beans, coleslaw, and bread. Thank you very much. That's about the extent of life. That's not what God's plan is for you. God's plan is that you would be faith-filled and that you would walk in great faith and that you would pray dangerous, audacious prayers that only he can fulfill. The, the, the only thing that's going to make life satisfying is living out on the edge a little bit with God. When we took this leap in 2012, when we started meeting with people at the end of 2011 for seven months in a house, 
There are people here today that was a part of that. The horns, uh, the zecks, the bird camps, the, 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 let me keep going down the list. Who else was there? There, there were people, Leslie passed on. She was a part of that. There are people that are still here today that remember those moments in 2011 where we were just praying and we were seeking God and we were just believing that he was going to do something. We did not put a number on it. We just said, God, whatever you're going to do, we're into this thing. We want to be risky. We want to step out and do something audacious. And you say, Jason, well, you know, how does that feel? Huh. It feels like you're on the edge about ready to lose everything at any moment. But that's where God comes in. Because if you're doing something you can do within your own power, you're probably not doing what God is asking you to do. If you can pull it off, then it's within your own power. The Bible said it's not by power or the natural power of man, but it's by his spirit, faith-filled. So God is calling us as a church in 2019 to be faith-filled big thinking. God is calling us in 2019 to be faith-filled and big thinking. What's that look like? Three things. Number one, you cannot play it safe and please God. You can't play it safe and please God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If you can do everything in your own power, you don't need God. Therefore, you can't please God outside of faith. See, a false faith faith is this. There never is going to be any doubt. That's a false faith. We, we think, well, we're never going to doubt. And, and we, don't, we don't try to walk in faith, and we don't try to think big, and we don't try to live faith-filled, because if we get a doubt, then we might not be in faith. We might, we might, we might just stay in the safe zone if possible. No, 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 no. You're going to have moments of doubt. But doubt is not the final answer. That's like saying you're never going to have a bad day when you become a Christian. I don't know what you guys signed up for. But when I said yes to Jesus, it wasn't like everything just zipped and zoomed and everything became perfect. No, when I, be, when I became a Christian, it was like all of a sudden something, it's like hell opened up and belched on me. It's like here's all this stuff going on around you. Why? Because God didn't call us to a perfect life. He called us to a life of faith. He called us to a time where we would face giants. He called us when we would face walls. He called us when we would have to fight the lion and the bear. God called us to be faith-filled. He didn't call us to tiptoe to the tulips. She's like that Moses. That was my Moses impersonation right there. Faith is sometimes messy, and it's not always constant. I remember when I first went off the high dive. I went off the high dive. I remember with my friends, we went out to this this lake, and they had a high dive. And my friends, they were all about it. We're going to jump off the high dive, and that's it. And you got to swim out to the high dive. It's on a dock. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, I'm not going to be a pansy here. We're going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm scared to death. I'm like, oh, we're going up on the high dive. And uh, I remember getting out there. <clears throat> and the thing about going off the high dive on a dock is the dock is moving. You know, it moves, it shifts a little bit. And so I remember getting on the dock and thinking, when I get up there, it's going to be moving because I'm down here and it's moving. So, so my friends get up there and they jump off. Ah! And I'm like, ah! And they're like, come on, no, you go next. And I'm like, I got this. Ready. So I go up to the top. And I mean, I'm white knuckled all the way to the top of this thing. 
I get to the very top of the diving board, and I'm there, and I'm hanging on to the railing. You know what I'm talking about? Now, you know between the end of the board and the end of the railing, I'm very aware of it. And so I'm walking out, and I'm hanging on as tight as I can. And I get to the very end, and they're screaming. My friends are down there, come on, you big girl, jump. And I'm hanging on for dear life, and all of a sudden, I remember the feeling of going, letting go of the railing. I was like, oh, everything is moving. And so I kind of went real slow out to the, and there I am, I'm standing on the edge, standing on the edge and thinking, okay, can I turn back? No, I don't have anything to hang on to to turn back. If I try to shift this entire body backwards, I'm going over on the dock. And so I, all of a sudden I just kind of closed my eyes and I wasn't a Christian then. So there was things that were coming out of my mouth that were not Jesus filled. <laughs> and so I let it go and I jumped and I was like, oh, I mean, it was a blip, 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 all the way down into the water and come back up. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I went back up and I was like, all right, let's do that again. And so it got easier and easier. I did. Why? Because sometimes in life you can't play it safe. Sometimes in life you can't play it safe. Look, here's, here's what some of your guys' lives look like when it comes to playing it safe with God. Show the video. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Now, hold on. Pause the video. There's two people up there. Watch. One jumps off, and the other one tries to hang on to the rail. And go ahead, do that again for me. Come on, hit that play button. Hey, oh, wait, wait, what, what, oh, 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 my oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> now, some of you are the person on the left. You're trying to jump and hang on at the same time, and you're going to break your neck. You're going to hurt yourself, right? When it comes to God, there's not a safe portion here. You got to be like the person on the right where it's like cowabunga, baby. We're just going to take off. I'm not going to try to grab onto the railing and hope and hurt myself going down. See, some of you don't realize playing it safe actually hurts you more than it does taking a risk for God. Can't play it safe and please God. Number two is this. As long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. We just came through the Christmas season, we go shopping, right? I don't know if you do this, if you do, it's weird. Well, you go to the store, and you go down the toy aisle, and you're going to pick out a toy, all right? Nobody in this room does this. If you do, I, I don't know, you can talk to Walker. But listen, you go up to the toy, and, and you, you find out, you know, you figure out this toy, it's a remote control car, and you're like, okay, all right, I'm going to take it out of the package. And then I'm going to go to aisle nine and get me some batteries, I'm going to put it in there, and I'm going to try it out. I'm going to try it out because why? I need a guarantee. People want to guarantee that when I give this toy to somebody, it's going to work, right? Nobody in this room does that. You walk up to the toy, you go, okay, 1999, get in the cart, we're going to wrap you and give you away. Why? Because it just doesn't make sense that you need a guarantee before you buy. You go in with the intent that you're going to buy. You're not going to open the box and try to see if it works. Why? makes no sense. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us this. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. Your faith is your foundation. He says, it is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. What does that mean? That means that faith is an unseen thing. It's in here. It's on the inside of you. Faith-filled, you spend time with God. You spend time in the Word of God, and you worship God, and faith is built on the inside of you. And everything that is unseen, 
Though I might not see everything out in front of me, but I can see it on the inside of me. I saw this church. I saw community impact. I saw the things that God is going to do. I saw where, I see where we're going. I see, I see the impact that's coming. I see, the, I see the harvest that's coming. Listen to me. I can't see it after it's already seen. That's not faith. It's not when we get 500, because they say the hardest number to break is 200. We've done that. Come on, somebody. The next soul-reaching number is 500. Well, I'm glad two people agree with me today. James, are you with me? James had a new baby. He's all fired up. But I'm not going to see it. I'm not going to see it and then see it. I got to see it inside first. I got to see marriages restored. I got to see kids giving their life to God. I got to begin to see that by faith. I got to see all the resources needed. Why? In faith, on the inside, because the exterior is telling me something different. But the inside has to say, I'm faith-filled. I'm doing something that's bigger than myself. So God, it's going to be you that's going to pull it through. Your promises won't stop. Your promises won't quit. And I see it on the inside of me. I see a church that's filled with God. I see a church that's reaching the lost. I see a church that loves each other. I see a church that's finding freedom. I see a I see a church that's serving. I see a church that's making a difference. I see a church that's going into the community and the highways and the byways and being the light of Jesus. I see it on the inside of me. That's called faith filled. Now you got to see it. God calls us as a family to see it. He said he'd build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. What's he talking about? He's not talking about a building. He's talking about a people. He's talking about a group of people that he's infusing with faith to move forward. He's causing, and it's not stuff, it's not, it's not location, it, it, it's God. We want you to move. And man, if you can move in a barn with your son in the, in the backside of the inn, and you, can, and you can move in a barn with your son, you can move inside of a junior high school where, God, where lives are being changed. You can move right here, and we're going to hunker down, and we're going to believe you to continue to grow this thing by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. We will not get stuck on stuff. We will not get stuck on things, but God, have your way in this room. Yeah. Embrace uncertainty. Some of the most beautiful chapters in our lives won't have a title until much later. Embrace uncertainty because most of the chapters in our life will not have a title until much later. Listen, when it comes to having a guarantee, you can, you can't, you can have faith or you can have control, but you can't have both. You can't hang on to the rail. Ah, faith. It's not going to happen. You, you, you got to let go. You got to believe that what he said he would do, he was going to do. He was to believe this promise, and you step out on his promise, and, and you believe that he's going to do what he said he was going to do, and you let go, and you say, God, there might not be a guarantee within myself. But there's a guarantee within your word. There's a guarantee within who you are that the things which you want to do in this region, in this community, in us individually will happen because you said so. And number three in closing is this. To step towards your destiny, you have to step away from your security. To step towards your destiny, you have to step away 
from your security. My security was the rails on the diving board. My security was hanging on to the rails as long as I could before I took a leap of faith. I remember when God began to deal with me in 2008 about starting Real Life Church. 2008. I was on a great staff with a great team and a great church. It was very comfortable. But I've always been one of those Joshua guys where I just like to take land. I like to do things that ain't necessarily being done. I like to take steps of faith. I like to jump out a little bit. I like to get out on the water. And I remember when God started to stir this in me. It wasn't just an ambition. It was a call of God on my life. It was a call of God on our family to start this thing. And I remember as God just began to, to do, I knew there was going to come a point where I was going to have to step away from security. And I look at every one of you, and I think to myself, the people's lives that would not have been affected if I would have stayed in secure mode. If we, wouldn't have stayed, if we would have stayed in comfort zone, opportunities for life change can happen, but maybe not. Because I believe God has something for everyone, and I had to step away from security. You're going to have to do the same thing. If you're going to please God with great faith, you can't hang on to the rails of the diving board. Hebrews 11.8 says this about Abraham. He's the father of faith, and here's what he says. When called to go to a place he would, rather, he, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Listen to the next part. Even though he did not know where he was going, he obeyed and went. How do you go somewhere and you don't know the way you're going? By faith, he just trusted that when he stepped out of that tent and God took him from just being Abram and he, looked at, he, he had him look up into the, the stars of the, of the earth there in Israel and he looked up into a clear, clear uh, sky with all these stars and God spoke to him and said, you won't be able to number your descendants. You're no longer Abram, but you're Abraham and I call you a father of many nations. Now step out of your tent and start walking. How did Abraham get to his destiny? He constantly was reminded what God called him to be. And if we're going to move out of and step away and step towards destiny and step away from security, we might not know all the details, but we know who holds them. We know who has them. We know who we're supposed to follow. And here's the bottom line today. This year, individually, you'll take faith steps. Some of you, it's just simply stepping across the line. Is Chad Robinson in here? Are you in here, Chad? I can't see. Chad, are you in here? Chad, you, are you holding something? You have a baby? I'm going to bring you an apple. And I'm, I'm, you can wash it later. But faith-filled. You say, how's Chad faith-filled? Chad invites people to church. You know how hard it is for some people to step across the line? 
invites somebody to church. Chad invites people from his work to church. Faith-filled, believing that what God said he was going to do, he was going to do. Amen? Waldman, come up here, man. Come get your apple. Sean Waldman stepped out. How many years ago was it? Did you start your business? Four? Four years ago, he stepped out. Here you go. You can catch. Can you catch? Started his own secure cyber defense business. Stepped out with a lot of risk. And he brought Walker together, him and Walker, the Sean and Sean duo, together. And now, with God, they just moved into 5,000 square foot of space because God's blessing their business because they stepped out in faith. It's called living with by faith. James, stand up, James. Can you catch? Yeah, yeah, you can. You're an LSU guy. (laughs) Um, You know how much faith it took for him to leave Louisiana? I mean, first off, the cooking down there is crazy. But James came up here with his wife, Caitlin, and by faith, believing, believe for a job, believe for a house. Come on, somebody. Became a part of our church. This dude's got to call God on his life. Faith-filled, living, big, big thinking kind of stuff. Amen? Amen. Who else can I look for? Who, Who else? Who else can I look for? lights on in this room. Cooney. Jeff Cooney, stand up. I'm going to give you an apple. Jeff helps me with the leadership. Can you catch? The lady in front of you is like, get down, everybody. All right. Jeff started his own business, right? What's it called? Studio 58 Media. How many years ago? Seven years ago, stepped out on the limb. Jeff used to be in ministry and stepped out on a limb to start a business. How many weddings have you done in how many years? 350 weddings in how many years? Seven years, stepped out on a limb and took a risk. Jeff helps me on Tuesday and Thursday. He runs his own business and volunteers on Tuesday and Thursday and helps with the Leadership Academy and pours into sixth grade boys on Tuesday and Thursday. Come on, man, that's faith filled right there. Teddy? Teddy's helped us start this thing. Teddy and Sarah, you guys talk to Sarah. I'm telling you, you should have seen her when we first got her. When we first met, you remember Applebee's? <laughs> Teddy reached out to me and asked me about the church. Sarah, this is your apple. I know you're behind the camera, but this is your apple. When we first met, and I have a whole bunch through this month, I'm going to hand out apples just because this is what I'm going to do. I could give apples to Sarah and Josh Verkamp. I could give apples to Kimberly Zeck. I could give I could give apples to many people that were part of this thing. But I remember when we first met and we went out to Applebee's after nine o'clock, because how many know the appetizers are half price? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And I'm telling you, I don't know if it was nerves on everybody's part or what. But I swear it was like the Polar Express when they all the waiters come out and they got the hot chocolate and I mean, they had mozzarella sticks and fried pickles. I mean, our table was filled with food. And there was four of us. And there's Sarah, scared to death in the corner about what we're talking about. And they jumped on board. Teddy helped with worship. Sarah now does everything you see visually. All this, that number seven out there in the balloons, 
She does all that. All the stuff you see, like website, all that. That's what she does. I'm gonna save. I'm gonna get you another apple, but I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give this. Is Sarah or Josh in here? Bird camp. Sarah's in the back, serving the children. In the back, been doing it since the beginning, serving as our our nursery and toddler coordinator. Come on, man, give her a big hand clap. That faith from the very beginning of this thing. I say that to say. Here's here's the the bottom line this morning. I never want to insult God with small thinking and safe living. I never want to insult God with small thinking and safe living. Your faith is not in the outcome. Your faith is in the faithfulness of God. So if we're going to be faith-filled, big thinking, our faithfulness isn't in the outcome. Our faith is not in the outcome. Our faith, it's because that's not the guarantee. The guarantee is what he said. And when he says it, he'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. And listen, it won't stop. That promise is going to continue for generations upon generations upon generations. Amen, everybody? So let's pray this morning. Let's all stand today. We have cupcakes for you to enjoy. We have orange ones just so we can stain your children's clothes. I'm kidding. It won't stain. Let's all pray together as a family. Just grab a hand there close by. We're going to pray together. It's all right. It's all right. Let's all pray together. Get a hand. Praise the Lord. Let's all pray together. May I have your hand. Ready? Father, in the name of Jesus. Tiffany's hand there. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for seven years. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you've done. And we thank you for what you're going to do. And I pray today that, God, there would be an igniting of faith-filled people. That as we spend time with you over the next 21 days of prayer and fasting, that there would be an igniting of faith, God. That we would be like Abraham and we'd look up into the stars and we would hear you call us by our name. Not what we're experiencing or the things that we're going through but the things, God, which you call us. And so, God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that today we would not insult you with small thinking, but, God, we would listen to your heart, and, God, we would step out of our security and our safe place and follow you wholeheartedly. Thank you today, God, for what you're doing. We ask you to continue to bless, continue to pour in, continue to do which only you can do and we put full trust and faith in you in Jesus name amen come on give the Lord a big hand clap today everybody God bless you thanks again for listening to our podcast be sure to connect with us on social media the RLC app and online at livereallife.com 